It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Keith. Here's your host, Matt Derry. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Another week of Wired, the Pistons podcast, proudly brought to you by our friends at Jeep. It is indeed Matt Derry. And coming up on the show today, a very, very candid interview with the team's head of uh, everything when it comes to the front office, special advisor, senior advisor, Ed Stefanski. We'll join the show momentarily, and we'll talk to Ed about the trade deadline, where the team sits after 46 games, his impressions of the coach, the roster, etc. That's all coming up on Wired in a matter of minutes. As we record this podcast, Pistons that remain on the road for games on Wednesday against New Orleans and Friday in Dallas against the Mavericks. Right now, the Pistons two games out of a playoff spot and sitting at 20-26. and 26. And I don't think it's any big secret right now to the fans, the media, the players, coaches, everybody. Pistons have to play better. And we've discussed that really over the last few weeks here on Wired, that the wins have not been there. But the Pistons remain steadfast. They're going for it in terms of trying to get into the playoffs. And again, are just two games out of that last slot. On this Wednesday, the Pistons also made an announcement today. And this is really, really cool. The organization is bringing back championship anniversary nights. Two teams that everybody loves. All right, The 1989 team is celebrating, can you believe this, their 30th anniversary of the back-to-back championships. That will take place on Saturday, March 30th. And then on Sunday, April 7th, it's the 15th anniversary of the going-to-work championship team from 2003-2004. So circle those dates, Saturday, March 30th. And again, uh, Sunday, April 7th, Pistons will play the Blazers, whom, of course, they knocked off in the finals that second year on March 30th. And then the Charlotte Hornets, a 4 o'clock game on Sunday, April 7th at Little Caesars Arena. Members of the respective championship teams will be on hand for each game. Uh, You'll have a special halftime ceremony with all the guys, which which will be cool, video tributes, in-game interviews, and we'll hopefully get some of the guys here on Wired uh, before those dates on March 30th and Sunday, April 7th. Uh, kind enough to give us a couple of minutes here on Wired. It is the senior advisor for the Pistons, the man running the front office, Ed Stefanski, who joins me now. Ed, uh, thanks so much. Uh, Matt, thank you for having me. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, hanging in there. <laughs> one day at a time, right? That's all you can ask. The NBA, that's what you do, one day at a time. It's strange, Ed, and I think you'll agree with me, because at times you watch this basketball team and you say, all right, it's it's a playoff team and, and, and you know, they're getting better, and then, you know, stretches lately have been very tough to watch. Where do you assess this team as we're just past the halfway point? Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree with you. It's We have to have, uh, our group seems to have to have a full strength. You know, injuries uh, affect every team in the NBA, but with Ish and um, Zaza out, uh, that stretch with Ish is out. I think we went 5-10. and uh, ten. Uh, he's an integral part of that second unit, especially uh, the pace he plays at, uh, the confidence the other uh, players have with him. And it's just, and, and, and it's a big chemistry thing that it's hard to measure. You just can't measure in numbers, but it's there. Uh, and it's been out. And then I think when the fans see Zaza, how he moves the basketball, and he's so, his basketball IQ is so great. And he plays off of people and sets as good a screen as anyone to get people open. That really hurt us. Now, uh, you know, we get Ish back, and then he has a little problem here, so we're hoping it's a day-to-day situation. We got Zaza back, and then, uh, you know, you lose games. Uh, that loss to Sacramento was a gut-wrenching uh, loss, and uh, you have to climb back and get up and 
the good thing about the NBA, there's another game coming right down the pike, and uh, that's where we are right now. By the, by the way, and I don't know your attitude on this and how this works with the Pistons organization, uh, but but a game like Sacramento where Buddy Heald, it, it appeared double-dribbled, is that something that a, a tape is sent to the league? Does Dwayne call somebody? Does you call somebody? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, you have the uh, – there's uh, mechanics to send in replays that you feel someone got fouled or there was a violation of some sort, and you do that. Uh, but even if you were right and they say you were right, it doesn't matter, not change the result. So, we, yes, we do send uh, items in that we feel were missed, like every other team in the league, but uh, that one was just uh, you know a tough one where – we had him double teamed, and then we almost had him triple teamed, and he makes a one-legged uh, push shot from three-point range. So I guess you take your hat off to the kid. I'll tell you what, Buddy Heald has uh, made himself into quite a player, I'll say that. Oh, there's no question about it. Ed Stefanski, senior advisor of the Pistons, joins me here on Wired, brought to you by Jeep. All right, if I told you in August or September that, that after 46 games you'd be you know 20 and 26, what would you have said? Uh, I thought we'd be more uh, in that 500 range. So, you know, I would say we'd be, uh, if you were saying we were 23 and 23, I would argue with you. A couple more games uh, to the better, okay. Uh, But, you know, with a new coach, a new system, uh, us shooting the ball as poorly as we shot it. And usually I'm a big believer that uh, stats and average, you know, average out, and they still happen. the history of uh, some of our shooters, these guys are still not shooting at where their career averages are. So that is uh, somewhat of a, uh, uh, an issue that uh, we're trying to correct. Uh, hopefully the averages come back. Uh, you know, we're having a, a phenomenal year out of uh, Blake Griffin playing at a high, high level. Uh, Andre Drummond has been good in some games and not as consistent, but he's, you know, still a, a phenomenal rebounder. Um, and changes the game. So we we knew we had issues coming in. We have to try to correct them. But I, I thought we'd be more in that 500 range or maybe a couple games higher. You, know, you came in and knew what you inherited. And there's a lot of contracts that are that are kind of in cement shoes right now, uh, and there's not much you could do about it. But but you look at the, the the entire body of work, and I guess the process you have to go through. Is there some patience that the fans need to have right now, just based on the situation? <laughs> Yeah, listen. Um, I know I'm a fan of other of a lot of sports myself, uh, and I think fanatic and fan go together. And I understand that totally. Uh, I wish I could tell the fans we we're going to change this immediately. But as you said, we have a uh, uh, collective. You know, the uh, caps situation is not in our favor right now. Uh, we're going to keep looking at it. We. We canvassed the league, uh, myself and the uh, league Rose and Pat Garrity and Sasha Gupta. Uh, we, uh, we go through the league constantly and we talk to people so we know where everybody stands. And, you know, there's some deals that make sense, some deals that don't make sense. But uh, I will tell the fans I'm not going to make a deal that could hurt us going forward, that could be instant relief, but, you know, it only could be for uh, this season, and now we may have issues going forward. That makes no sense to me. We have to be, uh, you know, the the word people don't want to hear, you have to be patient at times, and and where we have uh, constrictions right now, there's nothing else but to be patient. 
So you're telling me you're not trading the first uh, your first round pick next year? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I would never say never to anything. People look at the. Not my record, but the places I've been and, and, and with people, uh, I, I have no problem raising my hand and be the first to say, let's move anything to try to get better, and, and, and it makes sense. And, yeah, the first-round pick, um, it makes sense for us to help us build this uh, team back to where we want it to be. But if there was a trade uh, and that really could help us and – made a lot of sense. I'm the first one to uh, to use every uh, asset we have available. I think the last time the media guy had a chance to talk to uh, Tom Gorris was in, out in L.A., and, and he made the point that he's been talking to you and that everybody agrees that, 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 that you still want the eyes on the prize of making the playoffs. Has, has that changed over the last week, week and a half, based on the, the team's performance? No. Um, we're going to look at this and, and uh, we'll, you know, I'll, I'll give my recommendation to R and Tellum and to Tom and Platinum Group uh, once we get closer to the trade deadline to see where our record is. We still would like to make the playoffs. I think that's uh, uh, something that we should try to do. It's a positive situation. That's why you play the games for me. I'm not a big one in, I won't use the word that the league doesn't like, but I'm not a big fan of just uh, trying to totally uh rip it down and start all over again that 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 is you have to get lucky and that could be that you could go the wrong way uh that could be years of uh, heartache and i don't think we, we need to be there so uh we'll, we'll see where we are at the, at the trade deadline and we'll make decisions and and or and as i said recommendations and uh and to tom and and the platinum group and uh they've been great uh anything we've asked of tom gores he, he he has given it to us so uh he, he, he's the biggest fan in wanting to win. Uh, believe me when I tell you that. How, how involved is he in terms of how often you guys uh, speak about personnel? Yeah, we're 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 in contact weekly. Uh, we we talk uh, and communicate on a, a minimum a weekly basis. And uh, with the way you can you have uh, uh, you know with social media and getting texts and emails and talking to him, I, I, he knows exactly where my thoughts are. He knows where. The head coach, he knows everything that's going on. Uh, he's abreast of everything. I would venture to say, we're talking to Ed Stefanski, by the way, senior advisor running the front office for the Pistons. I think it's safe to say that there's not a bad thing you could say about the job Dwayne Casey's done so far, just in terms of, of like you said, dealing with what he's had to deal with at times. And, and also Blake Griffin. I mean, those two are they're carrying the water for this franchise, are they not? Yeah, well, I mean... T- Case is uh, a seasoned coach, he, you know, coach of the year. I think we're very fortunate to have him. Uh, he's a great coach, a wonderful human being. Uh, the players respond to him. Um, he, he can flat, as I said, he can flat out coach. It's it's times, certain situations, you, you can't do anything about it. And I don't care who your coach is. Personnel, it's personnel driven at times, and we have to stay uh, the course. And again, we can't jump into something for instant gratification that could really hurt us uh, moving forward. I think that is something we have to restrain from. And, you know, I have to keep, you know, I want to win as bad as anybody wants to win. I I hate losing, but you have to have a a calm head when it comes to decision-making. Instant gratification, but it doesn't last long. I don't think that makes any sense. And Blake Griffin? Well, he's an all-star. <laughs> he's he's playing like a franchise player. Um, he, you know, he's been. Uh, I don't know what 
much more we could do. Uh, he, you know, told me in the summertime it was the first time he's felt in years. He felt healthy, and he's showing it. And I think our medical staff and our performance staff with not just Blake, but with the whole team, ha- has done an admirable job. Ed Stefanski with me uh, here. Trade deadline again about uh, just over two weeks away. You, know, you mentioned before, Ed, you brought up a great point, and I've mentioned it on this podcast every week, that, that shooting is an issue, yet you've got a guy like Reggie Bullock, who's probably your best peer shooter that other teams would, would likely want. And I'm not going to tell you everything that's out on social media, and, the, and it's rumor season, as you know, but how tough of a... I don't know how tough of his, you know, is a slow, uh, you know, kind of a slope to, to climb is that because you want shooting, but yet maybe he teams want want Reggie and maybe he would give up something for you. Well, I think that's something you you weigh as you get as we get close to the deadline. Um, Reggie is shooting the ball where you thought Reggie would be in the beginning of the season. He's he's rounding in the form. I think he complements uh, Blake Griffin very well. I think they play off each other extremely well. Um, and he is an asset for us. We'll have to make a decision because he is becoming a free agent this summer. Uh, so there's a lot of things involved in do you make a decision uh, on a Reggie Bullock. If you're still in the playoff hunt, uh, I would be very doubtful that you would move a player like Reggie. What about Stanley Johnson, uh, another guy that uh, I believe is what restricted this summer? Um, yeah. what, what's your take thing, on him? Yeah. I think, Matt, the same thing goes with Stanley. It depends where we are um, in order to make that decision. And I know we're closing in on it in two weeks, and I don't know how many games that exactly is, uh, six or seven games probably. Uh, So we'll see uh, where we are after those games, and and hopefully we're still in the the, uh, race for a playoff spot. How how much has this changed? Because I know with the Nets you were active, and certainly Memphis recently, how much has this process changed in terms of the phone ringing? Is it is it ringing off the hook? Are you the one making the calls? Or <laughs> no, you know it's it, it, it's a, just a matter of at this time everyone's talking to everyone else. You know, you make your phone calls. Uh, I have very capable people working in the front office that work that work with me. Uh, they're calling the teams. Um, I'm calling teams. You crisscross. So we have a real good feel what the other teams would like. Uh, does it make sense? And, and I think the, the the fan would love to spend a, a week or two with an NBA office. The trades that are proposed, the trades that you talk about, that never come anywhere near. They're all on the floor after a couple of days. I mean, uh, fan, and fans get excited, and and even front offices sometimes get excited. You got to sit back and say, hey. Would you do that if you were the other team? You know, you, you get into some fantasy basketball because the salaries match doesn't mean you're going to get the trade done. Two parties have to, or sometimes three or four parties, have to agree on a trade. Do you, do you look at the standings and go, all right, you know, the East is sort of comprised of, of three tiers, the, the top tier with the five, the middle tier with the five, and then I, I would venture to say the bottom five with Orlando, Atlanta, Chicago. How much do you look at that and, and, and weigh, okay, you know, we're two back of Charlotte right now, but we think we're just as good as them, or even Brooklyn. How, how do you view that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, we are as good as them. We have to be uh, – uh, we've shown that our depth has to be there. Ish and Zaza have to be healthy with our second unit. Uh, and I, I, there's no doubt in my mind we're as good as those teams. Um, so we're – I don't look at it on a regular basis. I kind of know where we are. Uh, I know we'll be looking at it real hard uh, in about 10 or 12 days from now. 
how do you go on a run? You know, you want to stay out of Dwayne Casey's way. I know that's never been your thing about bothering coaches, but um, what has to be done, I guess, on the floor? Like you said, health is important in shooting the basketball, but but what else do you see as maybe, uh, you know, uh, a couple of factors to get you guys some W's here? Well, I think it's simply uh, putting the ball in the basket. Uh, The other day against Washington, and this is my take, I'm not talking for coach, Uh, this is my take. I thought the first half we were lackadaisical. Was it the time of the game? Well, everybody was playing at the same time. Or was it a little of a hangover from that Sacramento loss? That Sacramento loss was uh, tough to swallow. So uh, was that a little bit? In the second half, I thought we really competed. We played really well defensively. But numerous times we came down after defensive stops and we couldn't put the ball in the basket. That is just demoralizing. So somehow, some way, we have to either... I don't know if we can get better shots because there's a lot of times we're wide open um, and we have the spectrum which shows the feet, uh, how many feet the, uh, the defender is to the shooter, and we're getting wide open shots. we got to make shots. We have to play off of Blake. We can't rely on him. We can't stop uh, and always rely on Blake. Uh, that's too much. So at times I think we do really a good job. We have to be more consistent, and I think it's more on the offensive end than it is on the defensive end. I'm with you on that, and I love the fact, and I've said this, I I love what Dwayne Casey's doing with putting the ball in his hands. I mean, Blake Griffin is... Is, is the best passer on this team, so why not give him the basketball? I know it's the game has changed, hasn't it, Ed, where he used to be a four? This game has changed, Matt. This game has changed so dramatically in the past few years from the number of threes that are being shot and the way the officials are calling the game, which is the new rules of scoring and not touching players on the perimeter. You need playmakers and scorers. And, you know, I know there's a lot of defensive gurus out there, but you have to outscore. In my opinion, you have to outscore the opponent. You have to still play solid defense, but the rules are against defensive uh, because it's hard to guard when you can't touch these guys. They're so quick. So we need to keep looking and seeing what playmakers we can bring in. And and, and I I think uh, something that has been positive in these past few weeks is the emergence of Luke Kennard. Our coaches have been pushing him, working him hard, wanting him to have a quick trigger, wanting him to shoot, getting more aggressive offensively. I think we're seeing that, and, I, and there's no question he's one of our better playmakers off the pick and roll. He sees the floor. He can handle the ball. He's one of our better shooters. So I say playmaker, shooter, he's one of them. Uh, so uh, I think that's a positive uh, as I've seen in the past few weeks. And, and media and fans, Ed, uh, you know, we talk about Luke Kennard all the time, and people say, oh, what, what can you trade him for and everything else? But because of his contract and being a rookie pretty pretty uh, uh, recently, that's a that's a friendly deal that you may need to hold on to, right? Well, Matt, it, to me, if if we make a move on Luke, that's like giving a first round pick back up. So there may be a, a deal that makes sense, but if you're going to get rid of Luke, that's like a, a first round pick you're putting in a deal. So and a first round pick who's showing he can play. Uh, in the NBA, so uh, it would have to be, as I, uh, we mentioned earlier, one of those deals that you would really get excited about. Uh, and then the other thing, and the coach keeps mentioning it, and I know our players are excited, and it's early, but our two rookies that we got in the second round, uh, they're going to be players. How good they're going to be, I'm not sure, but they're, they're definitely what we would call rotation players in the top nine of your team. So 
that well, that's exciting, especially on the rookie contracts that you need because of the collective bargaining agreement and the cap. You can't pay everybody a ton of money. So that's important for us as we build this going forward. All right, final thing for Ed Stefanski. Like we said, we're about uh, two weeks away from the trade deadline. If if I had to, you know, if we fast forwarded right now, would you say the Pistons are buyers or sellers, or you don't know? I, I think we're neutral right now. We're, we're in a hold right now. Just a holding pattern, huh? Yep, we're in a hold. It's a, you know, I think the uh, sell, uh, the sales brokers and those guys say buy, sell, or hold. So we're in a hold. Ed, you could not have been uh, any better, man. Really appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and good luck. See you. All right, we thank so much Ed Stefanski, Senior Advisor for Tom Gorris and the Pistons of Front Office, for joining us here on Wired, brought to you by Jeep. Again, Matt Derry with you, and boy, oh, boy, a lot of things that Ed Stefanski had to say that were certainly interesting, including, and again, trade rumors are going to be out there. Ed did not decline comment on anything. Uh, he talked about how disappointing that the, the team has been at times, uh, when I asked him, hey, 46 games into the season, where do you think you'd be? He said, eh, probably 23 and 23, yet they're at 20 and 26, which is three games worse than he thought. Um, but I like the fact that uh, that Ed's being honest right now. Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Right now, with about two weeks left before the trade deadline, which is February the 7th, Ed said they're a neutral. I don't think they know right now. Uh, if the team continues to sputter and lose, they may be selling off some pieces. If they start winning and some of the teams ahead of them, like Charlotte, Miami, Brooklyn, start losing, who knows? They, I don't think Ed is um, uh, you know, put, putting out there with, with a giant red X that there's no way this team would add a piece or two. So very, very good stuff from Ed Stefanski, and we thank him for his time. A, a quality gentleman, and I like the fact that he's taken over this front office. He's a lot of experience. I think him along with Dwayne Casey, uh, Malik Rose, we've had Pat Garrity on the show. I think the team's got a nice base with a head coach uh, and, and certainly a front office that they can certainly right this ship and get better. All right, that's another installment this week of Wired, the Pistons podcast, brought to you by Jeep. We'll talk to you again next week.